This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Let's uh, let's get our Bibles and go to Revelation, Book of Revelation, chapter one. We are finishing the last message in our series. I am, as we have looked at the statements Jesus made about Himself. I am looking forward to next week. We're starting a new series called The Next Level. And it's more than just a sermon series. It's a whole campaign for our church that we are going to be giving messages on Sundays on the next level. We're going to be going through questions about the next level in our 242 groups. And then I'm also giving you an opportunity to purchase this book. We're going to have them tonight, the Leadership Potluck, because this book has 31 readings. It's called The Next Level, uh, A Message of Hope for Hard Times. 31 readings, it looks at 31 different characters in the Bible and how they overcame tests to go to the next level. You know, a lot of people are going through hard times right now, so I want to encourage you to pick up this book, and maybe you want to buy two books and give an extra book to one of your neighbors or friends or family members who are going through a tough time, and that might encourage them to come visit the church at Indian Lake. Scott Wilson wrote this book. He's been a dear friend of mine for 20 years, and I know that this book's going to touch your life. These messages are going to touch your life, so I look forward to starting that with you. I hope that you have come to love Jesus more and to know more about Him through the I Am messages. Because we are so fortunate that we don't have to guess who God is. We don't have to wonder who God is. He's revealed Himself, and because He's shown us who He is, every statement He made about Himself is something very, very significant. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, let's read this together. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is coming, the Almighty. That's the first of several times in the book of Revelation that Jesus says, I am the Alpha and and the Omega. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you would reveal more and more of your love to us, this service. We thank you, God, that we know you. We know your voice. We know who you are. And so, Lord, we are here, God, submitted to you, ready to understand what you meant when you said, I am the Alpha and Omega. Open our spirits up. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your bulletin on the back of the bulletin, there's a chance for you to take notes as we look through Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. There's a new TV show out called The Undercover Boss. How many have seen The Undercover Boss? I've only seen one episode, but but it was very, very compelling uh, and and very, very interesting. Uh, It was about a man who was a CEO of a waste management company. And it was quite a large waste management company. From this one episode, I learned they they had offices in New York and Texas, and I'm sure it was a national company. What he did was he decided to go undercover, and he operated in some of what is considered the menial jobs of his company, uh, picking up people's trash, uh, going through the... Uh, the, the, the dump where they put all the trash and, and all types of different jobs. And he was able to learn what it was like to be one of the employees in his company. And at the end of this particular episode, 
The culmination of the episode was when he revealed his identity. And it was just entertaining to see how people responded. When they came in this room knowing they were going to meet the CEO and then realizing that this CEO was the same person earlier in the week that, that they had trained for this very common job. They walk in the room and they were shocked. And he went ahead and told them, yes, it is me. I am the CEO of this company. And knowing who he was changed everything about their relationship. And here in Revelation chapter 1, before God is about to tell John what is going to happen in the end times, he clearly gives his identity. And there's a change in tone in verse 8 where he says, I am the Alpha and Omega. This was a very personal, personal tone that changed. And he said, let me tell you who I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and is and is coming again, the Almighty. Now, Alpha and Omega doesn't mean maybe a lot to us, but what it is this, it, what it means is this. In the Greek alphabet, the first letter was Alpha. The last letter was Omega. So it was as if he said, I am A to Z. I'm the very beginning, and I am the very end, and everything in between belongs to me. I am the A. I am A to Z. In chapter 4 of Revelation 4, we get a, a glimpse of what's happening at the throne of God, and we realize this concept is very important because in verse 8 of Re- Revelation chapter 4, we, we realize that angels are around the throne of God, and they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come. This is so important because so many of the gods of that day, and really the gods of our day, uh, were situational gods. They were gods of the past, they were gods of the present, whether they were the, the weather god, the fire god, maybe they were the god or the future, but here, when Jesus said, I am the Alpha and Omega, I am the A to Z, He said, I am the God of the past, the present, and eternity. I am the complete God, so listen to me. And see, that's what God's saying to you this morning. See, just as in that silly show I talked about, the revelation of who the boss was changed the relationship between him and the people. So it is when God begins to reveal who he is. When you realize who he is, he is the Alpha and Omega. He's the A to Z. He is the one who was and is and is to come. It changes our relationship. We are humbled in His presence. We're humbled before Him. And we know that there is a greatness in Him we can't truly understand. Do you remember the first day of school every year? Or maybe some of you have had a first day, a first day at a job recently. Whenever we have the first day of school or we have our first job, a lot of strategy goes into our outfit that day. I mean, we want to look appropriate. We want to look good. And I remember being in school and people were talking, what are you going to wear on the first day? And, and especially the girls. We guys do it too, secretly. Uh, what are you going to wear? And, 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 and there's strategy and, and effort. And then, by the end of that first week, it's just like any other day. Grab the jeans, grab the shirt. All of a sudden, it doesn't really matter anymore. 
Why is it that beginnings are so important? You know, beginnings have so much hope in them. Beginnings have so much anticipation in them. The beginning is so important to us. God, God is in the beginnings. And one of the things I believe he wants to remind you this morning when he says, I am the Alpha and Omega, I am the A to Z, is this. Here's the first thing. I have begun everything good in you. I began everything good in you. Yesterday I was got to witness Jonathan Lee, one of our worship leaders, his, his wedding yesterday to Laura Davidson, both dear friends of mine. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing it was to see that. And why is it that all the effort went in, rented tuxes and dresses girls only wear one time and rented facilities and all this effort went into this very short ceremony. Why, why did we do that in our culture? Because the beginning is important. And beginning is a marking point. For Jonathan and Laura, they'll be able to look back on May 24th, excuse me, April 24th, and they'll be able to say April 24th, 2010, that was a beginning for us. And we made a big deal about it because it was the beginning of something that was going to be different from now on. So it is with us. We need to understand that every good thing in our life had a beginning. And a lot of things in our life that we take for granted today, a lot of things in our life that, uh, that we, just, we just don't really appreciate anymore, at one time we were very excited about. At one time, we were thrilled to start the job. At one time, we were thrilled to go to the new church. At one time, we were excited about the new city we were moving into. But very quickly, very quickly, if we lose the appreciation for where it came from, then we won't truly cherish it as we should. James chapter 1 is a, a, a chapter we preach from a lot, a lot because it talks about adversity and overcoming adversity and it talks about the root of temptation and all types of challenges but right in the middle of james chapter one there's a beautiful verse in verse 17 read it with me it says it this way it says every generous act this is james chapter one every generous act and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with him there is no variation our shadow cast by turning Look at the first part of that verse. Every generous gift is from above. You know what's so interesting to me about this passage? Is that in the context of where this particular verse is, it's talking about challenges. It's talking about temptation. It's talking about adversity. And it says every perfect gift, even the challenges, are gifts from above. Because God is always working. God is always doing something. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there. See, God is the originator. And He is always starting new things in our life. And when we understand that God is a creator, and from the beginning, He has been creating. And when He creates something, He has a plan for it. So when He created your marriage, He had a plan for it. When He created the child you had, He had a plan for it. When He created you and gave you a gift, He has a plan for that gift. When God placed you in this generation, when He has you alive in the year 2010, He has a plan for you. He's created something for you. And Jesus is the Alpha. 
Jesus is the beginning. He existed always. There was, there was an infinite beginning in him. There's an infinite, infinite beginning. There was no beginning for him. He is from the beginning, yet he created everything good within us. Colossians chapter 1 says it this way in verse 15. Look at verse 15. He, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, because by him everything was created in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. God has originated every good thing in your life. God is a creator. And if God created it, He wants to own it. If God created it, He wants to bless it. If God created every good thing in your life, He wants to have partnership with you. And more than partnership, He wants to have ownership. So good to see some of you back from spring break. Uh, This two-week spring break we had felt like summer, and so I felt sorry for all you teachers in Sumner County. Uh, who after 19 days of your kids not being in class, boy, what a Monday morning that must have been for you. Uh, Our family did a lot of traveling. Beth took the kids by herself to her home, and then the next week I went with her uh, to my home in Texas. And uh, we, it's really interesting, we have made that drive from Texas to Dallas, uh, excuse me, Nashville to Dallas, many, many, many times. I mean, it's like second nature for us and our kids. So we are very aware that it is a long drive, 650 miles. It's a very long drive. Yet, my kids, they do the same thing every time we go. We're packing the van, and even though we know there's going to be hours and hours of driving, that they go ahead and position themselves in the van like 20, 30 minutes before we leave. I mean, they're excited to see their cousins. They're excited to, to, to get on the road and get some ice cream cones and all that. So they're sitting there strapped in with their stuff. And I try to tell them, I'm like, guys, we have some time before we're leaving. But they're excited about the trip. But then something happens called Arkansas. <laughs> and after we've been in the van for a few hours... And we're still in Arkansas. The questions begin to come, and you've heard them. How many more hours? How much longer are we going to go? How much longer is it going to take for us to get there? You know, in our lives, that you and I have so many things that have begun with excitement and energy and passion. And when we start something, it starts with a dream, a vision. That energy that launches it off the ground. But then we hit drudgery. Where it just seems like things are very ordinary. It seems like things are very normal. It seems like things aren't ex- exciting anymore. I guess for you and I, we have our own personal Arkansas. Where things just seem bland. And I... I want to remind you of something. When God says, I am the Alpha and Omega, I am A to Z, that doesn't mean He's just in the beginning and He's just in the end. He's right in the middle of the drudgery. He's right in the middle of the average. He's right there sustaining you. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. 
think what God is saying to you today is, I am sustaining you. I am sustaining you. I am with you. I'm the same God who was with you when you had the idea to start this business. I'm the same guy, God that is with you when you decided, yeah, to marry that person. I'm the same God that's with you when you adopted those kids. I'm the same God that's with you when you started that project, when it was exciting, when it was fun, when it was full of possibilities, and now it's just day after day, month after month, normal stuff. Look at Colossians 1.17 if you still have your Bibles open. I love the way verse 17 puts it. It says, He is before all things. We know that Jesus is number one. And by Him, all things hold together. I want you to think about that phrase, the sustaining power of the Lord. By Him, all things hold together. You see, God is with us. God is with us in just every normal day. I want to talk to some of you who are are right now in a period of success. Things are going really well for you. Things are just happening. They're clicking. Things are just going all right. Can I just encourage you? Don't get prideful. Don't rely on your talents and your abilities. Because remember what verse 17 says, In Him all things hold together. It's not about your success. It's not about your talent. It's not about your wisdom. It's about the blessing of God. So in Him, all things hold together. Others of you are going through trials right now. You're going through very difficult times in your life. It's a time of adversity. And it would be an easy time for you just to shut down. You just want to shut down and just get alone. Just isolate yourself. You just don't even have energy. Can I just encourage you to turn to the Lord? Seek Him. He said, cry out to me in your day of trouble. Come to me if you have a heavy burden. And so, if you're going through adversity today, would you turn to the Lord? But there's some of you I want to talk to that, that you're just going through a normal time. Things are very ordinary. Things are very common. Things might not seem exciting in your life. Can I just tell you that even though things might not seem so exciting right now, and things just seem kind of average, that it's very, very possible that you are right in the middle of God's will. Because God moves in the middle of A to Z. God moves in the middle of the Alpha and the Omega. He's there to sustain us when things just seem very common. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing what His grace is. That His grace gives us that sustainability. And His grace helps us realize that there is greatness in consistency. There is greatness in rhythm. There is greatness in just doing what you're supposed to do and what God has called you to do. And sometimes you don't realize in the middle of an average week and maybe an average year that you are in the middle of greatness because you're obeying the Lord and you're doing exactly what God's called you to do. Don't just chase what's exciting. You know what? It's a thrill to serve the Lord. And He has surprises for us. He has things... I mean, God surprises me all the time. God is shocking me all the time with unexpected blessings, unexpected opportunities. I wish I could have time to talk to you about that right now. In the last few years, it's just been amazing how out of nowhere... 
God is just surprising me because that's just His nature. But there's just a lot of just regular days. Those are the days that we need to be faithful. We need to love Him. And we need to love those we're in community with. And we need to be faithful to what God has called us to be. Did anybody in here run in the Music City Marathon yesterday? Dominic, yes. All right, can we give Dominic a big hand? And you deserve both hands up. Man, Dominic was proud. Both hands in the air, and as he should be. And wow, wow, what, what a test of endurance, whether you run the half marathon, which is 13 miles, that's amazing, and 26 miles for the full marathon. Either way, it's a huge, huge accomplishment to finish something. Finishing is such an important thing. You know, in life, we start a whole lot of stuff, and then we get in the middle of our project, and it gets kind of boring, and we easily quit. I think, I think about marathon runners and what, they are, what, what example they are in our faith of what it takes to, to really finish something good. In my sister's neighborhood back in Dallas, um, there, there is a really unique construction project going on in her neighborhood. Someone decided in this residential neighborhood to build a castle. I kid you not. A castle that happened to be located across the street from an elementary school. And it was really, really neat to see this castle start to come up. And there was actually a lot of energy in the community, a lot of speculation. Who could be building this? And some people suggested different famous Dallas personalities. And it was just a little bit audacious, but yet kind of compelling. And, and this project was going on, and I was following it from afar. And this last week, when I was back there staying with her, I noticed that somewhere along the way, construction had just stopped. It just stopped. The rumor is whoever was building it ran out of money and their situation in life changed. And so here it was, this piece of property that was, had so much energy, and so much anticipation, so much buzz in the community, now had become kind of an eyesore. The, the nice wood that was on the fancy garage and the doors that had not been treated or have rotted now. There, there's, no, there's, just, there's no landscaping. There's no finishes to it. There's actually still construction equipment on the site. It started so great, and it was so exciting. And everybody had so much anticipation. But now, it's kind of ugly. And you know, in our lives, we have to be real careful because we can get real excited about starting stuff. And if we don't let God sustain us, then the very thing in our life that starts out really exciting and really beautiful can become really ugly. That's why God's saying this. Here's the third thing God is saying. God is saying, I will finish what I started in you. I will finish what I started in you. Can I just, just let that sink in for a second? I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm going to finish what I started. God's going to finish that thing He put in your heart. You see, this goes way bigger than you. And we're going to get back to you in a second, but let me just explain to you a little bit about what God's plan is. God has a very, very definite plan. Has anyone in here, does anyone watch the show Lost? Anybody watch it? Okay. You're very proud, Penny. I saw your hand up. See, I have a theory about the, the, the show Lost. 
all these people are stuck on an island, and it's a fun show to watch and speculate about. My theory is, is the writers have no idea how the show is going to end. That they are just as lost in their script writing as we are in watching it. And someday we'll look back to the 2010 era and say, I can't believe we all watched that show because they had no idea where they were going. But God is totally the other way. He knows exactly how things are going to finish. He's not just randomly putting us here on the planet and wondering, I hope it all turns out okay. I hope, I hope a light conquers darkness. No. He has a plan. One of his plans is the rapture of the church. And he's coming for us. At any time, the Lord could take us to heaven. And we could be with the Lord. And that will usher in seven years of tribulation. And seven years of tribulation, the Antichrist will rule in this world. And it will be a dark, dark time for this planet. But at the end of those seven years, the second coming of Christ will happen. And he will come. And he will conquer the Antichrist and his armies. And he will judge those who are living. And we will be with him. And then he will take Satan and Lucifer. And he will throw him in a bottomless pit. See, God has a plan. And that's a great plan. And he knows how things are going to finish. And so you need to understand that when the rest of the world has despair, they're like, oh no, the environment, oh no, nuclear holocaust, oh no, the economy. All those things we should be concerned about as Christians. And we should be engaged in. But we should know that God has a plan. And at the end, that we are not victims to those circumstances. We're overcomers of those circumstances because God has a plan. And that's why he said, I want you to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 24, it says, Then comes the end when he, being Christ, hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. Is that not a great plan our God has? Our God is in control. Our God has the end in mind. He has the plan, and we can receive a lot of comfort from that today. But in your life, in your life, God's not much different. He has a plan for your life. And some of you, the enemy is trying to make you think that God has forgotten you, God has abandoned you, or maybe he's even making you think that your mistakes have been so, so detrimental that you can never recover. That is not true. Sure, we are the consequences of our choices. And we do reap what we sow. And sometimes when we sow to the flesh, we reap levels of destruction in our life. But can I tell you this, that God always has a plan. And it might not be exactly what you imagine, but if you submit to Him, and if you walk closely to Him, and you let Him sustain you, the plan is going to be better tomorrow than you imagine today. He has a great plan. Philippians 1.6 says this, I am confident of this. Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He who began a great work in you. I am sure that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is finishing the work in you. And he has a clear plan for you. Beth, come up this time. And I want to pray for you today that Jesus, when he said, I'm the Alpha, and he said, I am the Omega, that he has the end in mind. Can I tell you that as long as God gives you a breath here on earth, 
As long as God has given you life, that He is moving you to something greater. He is moving you to something that is so fulfilling that's what He wants in your life. I want you to stand. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information. 